Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome to the podcast. We have part two today. Hey, everybody. We are going to be talking about the last four disciplines in the two-part series. So if you haven't listened to the first podcast, you're going to want to go back and listen to that after this. We're covering eight disciplines that accelerate learning. And I'm so glad to see people are really digging into the last episode and loving it so much. It got shared a lot and we appreciate that. It helps the movement of one million families. So we're going to dig into this and whether you homeschool or not, uh, long-term, this is helpful because you're the key educators of your children regardless. Yeah. And we want to be encouraging you guys in that process of being the educators, right? Because sometimes people can feel stuck. They need encouragement. They need new vision. They need Mm -hmm. to be reminded why they're doing this. And so, yes, that's definitely part of our drive, our mission in doing these two podcasts. But we also want to give you guys, equip you with tools to remind you and, and to try to also like jolt your memory and go, hey, think back to when you were a kid. What made learning fun? What made you want to keep learning? Like we have to remember and remind ourselves. And so that's part of what we're going to talk about today. And sometimes we get this question, how do you figure out what to do your podcast episodes on? Well, we listen to you and we also see what's going on. And sometimes we take an action and that creates a lot more questions about something. Right. So one of those actions we took is we built the homeschool blueprint, which is a self-paced course. Mm -hmm. And it's on homeschooling because the world's homeschooling right now. Or schooling at home. I mean, they're two very different things. And even homeschooling is altered right now, for sure. Regardless whether you're long-term or not, this is super, super helpful. And hundreds, literally over Mm -hmm. 300 parents have already enrolled and it's growing. Uh, And we're just so thankful that's been such a powerful resource for people. So uh, you can check out, by the way, anything we mentioned during the episode, I just want to remind everybody is at CourageousParenting.com. Hit the menu and hit podcast. And anything we mentioned will be in the show notes under resources, uh, which is important. And I do want to let you know, we feel it's very important to have free, valuable resources for people because, you know, not everybody can pay for something. And that's totally fine. We want to. That's why we do the podcast. Exactly. This is the most important, I think, free resource we do, which takes a lot of effort every single week. And that's why we're so thankful for those people that can and do donate because it really helps us to be able to keep doing this. But Mm -hmm. um, the other uh, free resource resources you can get right now at CourageousParenting.com. Just hit this episode or any episode in the last, actually the last two, because there's a new one here. But the Courageous Parenting Workshop, first of all, literally thousands of parents have gone through that. Mm-hmm. And we get some of the best reviews out of that of anything we've done. It's so funny. Um, yeah. And How also, long is that workshop? It's like 35 minutes. So it's even shorter sometimes than uh, than the podcast. Right? Yeah, but it but goes so deep. Gives you the eight keys yeah. to being a courageous parent, practical things you can do, and things like that. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's a wake up call, too to parents to really understand what's going on and how we need to be more diligent maybe than even our parents and so forth. Um, we're with us. So uh, then we have the Healthy Home Mom Hacks Workshop. Oh, yeah. That's also free. I always forget to tell people Herbs, about that. Herbs, oils, yes. supplements, and clean homes. Really valuable mm-hmm. about many different aspects of health. 
Yeah. And how many moms have gone through that free workshop? Oh, you uh, know the numbers. I mean, it just launched over 500. And it just launched like a week and a half ago. People are Crazy. loving yeah. that. So it's completely free mm-hmm. and you can get that. And also the date night one sheet. And the way to get that is to subscribe to our mailing list because then we send a, yeah. at, at least one email a week just reminding people of the new episode and give it a, a tip of the week and these kinds yeah. of things. And that's always in there. Yeah. And there's also, I don't know if you guys knew this, but I also have a website, CourageousMom.com, and there's over 300 blog posts there, so you can have a feast over there. But when you sign up on that mailing list, you also get a link to get two free videos on the the two best practices that moms that's really do, good too which is really good so it's two different videos just for moms on teaching on biblical motherhood so we so. kind of broke the rules in this episode of giving many options which sometimes you have a big menu and you're like what do i do but i think yeah. that you know every once in a while we want to remind people that all of these things are completely free and you can uh, feast on them. And we also have things you can purchase that actually help the ministry and help us live and all that stuff. And those stuff. are the things that provide for us to be able to create more resources. And yeah, and there's like lots that, of so. those you can go find and look at. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's kick it off here, honey. So the, f- the next one, which is actually point five, because we did the four points in the last episode, yeah. is to start the day right. Now, okay, so remember the topic is accelerating learning. Yeah. So helping your kids to be proficient in learning, to continue learning on a day-to-day basis. Because let's say you are doing phonics mm-hmm. with a preschooler, kindergartner, or even first grader, right? And you're just reiterating things. You're teaching them how to read. You're teaching phonics, right? You, they may get down three or four consonants, or maybe they get all their vowels down. Do you think that they're going to remember that fully if you only do it for one day? Or do you need to do it every day, many days in a row for a long time? Mm -hmm. And that's the reality, right? So we want to accelerate learning. We want to be proficient learning. We want to be building on the previous day's work, not just Mm -hmm. be like, oh, yeah, I'm nailing this homeschooling thing. And maybe you do it good one day, right? Right. And you're feeling good. And then the next day it's like, oh, man, why are we dragging? And why is this like pulling weeds, right, to get going? And I just want to encourage you that part that this first point that we are talking about in this podcast, point number five, starting your day right is a massive influence on being able to actually build upon each day. So that makes sense. Important. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that a lot of people underestimate underestimate the power of starting your day. Now, what is starting your day right? So, I mean, on what you were just saying is that you don't need to know what's going to happen every day. That'd be overwhelming. But you already know what happened yesterday. And so now you can think about, okay, how am I going to build and tie in what happened yesterday mm-hmm. to some of the things that I've planned today? You don't even know, need to know every plan for today. You just need to know some core things. Like obviously and you can we're getting together. out certain workbooks. We're going to yeah. do certain subjects or right. topics, right? Or, oh, maybe we read three chapters in that book at lunchtime. We're going to read the fourth and the fifth chapter today, right? Like yeah. there's certain things like that. So you tie them together yes. and now they're feeling this sense of connection. All your kids are wired differently, right? And we go deep into the learning styles in the homeschool blueprint course, but understanding the differences in your kids, which you already know a lot of those probably, um, some of some kids really like to know the why of things. And mm-hmm. so you're really satisfying them when you connect the previous mm-hmm. day to today. And some of the kids really don't do well if they're just being pulled into things without knowing what's next. Some kids fact, will even be resistant will and rebellious be resistant. to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're like, oh, I have a strong-willed child. And you make yeah. you make this isolated uh, subconscious excuse. There's nothing you can do. 
And um, we've even felt that way before moments, mm -hmm. okay? So, but that's not true. There are things you can do. And a strong-willed child doesn't like to just be pushed around and pulled into and not know what's going on. In fact, the best solution is to empower them and give them good expectations in knowing what to do, which Amen. is part of starting your day right. Yes. And so that's actually one of the points under, this is a sub point. So yeah. if you are writing and you're taking notes and you're continuing on from last week's podcast, maybe you wrote down what the first four points were, right? And you had little notes in between them. And this is point five, start your day right. A is going to be expectations yeah right expectations meaning you're going to be communicating potentially even the night before you communicated with your kids yeah the night before so you end ended the previous day well you know one of the start the next day you well. know one of the ways yeah. husbands can be really involved in this too when you have dinner together the mom can highlight some of the really good things that happened today yeah and the husband or maybe even whisper to the husband or bring him up during and the husband can then anchor that behavior by congratulating the kids mm -hmm. on those things. So that's a good way to close the day. Or to be like, hey, your mom told me because she's so proud of you. And yeah. then the kids are like, oh, wow, you know, like, oh, I did do that. That's great. They're communicating. And, you know, yeah. it actually reinforces a lot of good things. But I think that there's an important element. Maybe we should have even titled this point, end your day well, start your next day well, sure. right? Like, well, and, the spirit leads us and, to navigate this Yeah, because yeah. it really, they really do tie in well, especially in regards to this particular point of expectations. Absolutely. Because you can give expectations for the following day at nighttime mm -hmm. that can make them excited. It can actually make the bedtime routine even better remember in the last podcast we yeah. talked about or maybe it was one of the other programs or facebook lives i don't even remember we do so many things you guys um, but isaac and i were talking about bedtime routines and how he speaks affirmations over the kids at night and mm -hmm. gives them um something where they're as they're going to bed he'll pray for them mm -hmm. and he'll be like oh and you're so good at this or i was really proud of you when you helped your brother or you know like those kinds of affirmations is what i'm talking about right reinforcing the good behaviors or the character qualities the growth that we're seeing in our kids right um doing that at nighttime then they think they go to bed and they're less likely to struggle with night terrors because that was the last thought that they had on their mind yeah well during that time you can also go hey and tomorrow if we get all our schoolwork done, then we can go to the park. So right? a little reward, you know, and expectation. Yeah. And a little like they're thinking about how they can get their, then they wake up going, oh, I got to get my stuff done. Right. They have this like motivation and it helps them start their next day well. So Angie, what are things you've done to set the expectations correctly in the morning for well, school? Right. And so I, I would say that I just shared one huge one is mm -hmm. being able to remind the kids the night before. OK, so tomorrow you have mock mm -hmm. trial or tomorrow you get to get together with a friend. Well, it's remember what I said. Your room's still not clean. It's super important that you are taking care of your jurisdictions to be able to have those privileges. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they're like motivated to get up, be on purpose. They don't sleep in they get their shower they clean their room they get into their schoolwork, and then they can have that friend over you know what i mean Where's more? and so um another thing would be even just sharing with them hey if we get these things done in a week then at the end of the week maybe we can go on a hike or we can have another family over or you know depending on what makes your kids tick different kids are wired differently so for some of them it might be having a date night with mom and dad yeah. for some of them it might be having a friend over right like finding the thing that each kid absolutely loves that can be a good reward that can be towards the end of the week and i also think that just the practical we're going to cover math today we're going to do this today this is when this is going to happen here's when we're going to have lunch 
here's what we're going to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, we talk about this really in depth in the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program. Yeah. And I even do cover like what a really scheduled routine looks like in the routine and structure video that's in the Homeschool Blueprint. Yeah. You guys, that's an invaluable thing to go yeah, through, really. Yeah, that huge. I, and it's an hour long. I can't teach all that right now in yeah. this one point. But having expectations, having a routine and a structure down is all part of setting your day straight. Now, the second thing for starting your day right which is actually the most important. These are not in, in order of importance, yeah. but prayer is huge, right? Mm. And so, and I would say this is actually multifaceted. It's not just like, I'm not talking about just praying with your kids, although that is phenomenal. That oh, yeah. is awesome. Yes, we need to be praying with our kids. I would say even like you as a mom, be praying for your day the night before. Pray that morning for your day to go well. Pray with your kids. Pray for your kids, which is different than praying with them, right? Yeah. And so there, that's why I said this aspect of praying and starting your day right is yeah. multifaceted. Well, I want, let's stop on that for a second because how often do, are you a little bit concerned about tomorrow when maybe you're new to homeschooling or something like that mm -hmm. or even just haven't had the time to really organize yourself and know the plan yourself really mm -hmm. well? And that's normal, by the way, that for moms to go through that. Mm -hmm. And and so what a beautiful experience to rely on God to give you wisdom and help you have that day go well, even though you don't have it all together. Mm -hmm. See, God shows up at the end of our strength. And so if you're not feeling strong, we should be praying. If we're feeling strong, we should be praying so we don't get prideful. Yeah. Both ways. And then you're praying for patience. Yeah. I mean, patience, I think is probably, we should probably just do a podcast on patience for yeah. moms because all moms struggle with it. I would say for sure, homeschool moms struggle with it more because obviously their kids are home more with them. So they're being tested in that. Mm -hmm. um, I know that it's been a struggle for me over the years to remain patient. And so that has actually been one of the things I continually pray for, which isn't praying for patience, kind of like the same thing as praying for humility. Be careful though. He could, he'll probably give you <laughs> yes. opportunities to have to He's, be patient when you ask for to, patience. That's my point. <laughs> but isn't that what we want? It is refining. We, yeah, we, we should want to be We want to be growing. And the best way to grow is actually to pray for those qualities, mm -hmm. those, those fruits of the spirit that we know we're only going to get through the trial. Actually. So also your kids yeah. get to hear your heart. Sometimes mm -hmm. kids um, yeah. forget that their parents are humans. Mm -hmm. And I know no, I've said that true. the opposite way before, but, yeah. but in this case is they kind of just go, Oh, that's the solid person that's always there. They don't, my mom's have, always up. She's always they cleaning. They don't She's have always, feelings. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm just concerned about myself. I'm not going to think about, or mom will do it. Yeah. So, so when you pray, yeah. they can hear the heart, the tender heart of the parent which I think gives them grace towards mm -hmm. the parent. No, I think you're totally right. It's it's very important. So praying is really important. We have a scripture here for you in 1 John 5, 14 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Isn't this great confidence in that, that God mm -hmm. hears us? And when you teach your kids that by teaching it to them, but also praying regularly with them, then you're working, you're exercising a muscle of prayer in your family culture. Mm -hmm. And you're also bathing the day in prayer and you're aligning intentions together with God listening. And we mm -hmm. know God hears and when the kids know that God hears your prayers and it's amazing for their faith building, but also now God is likely to act 
more intentionally upon the things you prayed for as long as they're in his will. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't just give us anything. He gives us anything in his will. And so that's really cool. So you'll see him show up. And then during the day when he does show up, let's acknowledge it. Let's glorify God through the day. So one of the other things that I think is really crucial for starting your day right, we've talked about this so many times on the podcast. We've talked about it in all the programs. And this is part of where you actually helped me with, which is um, reading the Bible. Um, And so whether you call that family Bible time or having a family meeting or family devotions, it doesn't really matter what you call it. But starting your day right in the Word of God is crucial because your day just doesn't go the same when you're not in the word. And so that is definitely um, a spiritual discipline, Mm -hmm. just as I would say praying would be considered a spiritual discipline that we need to be doing on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you do those two things early in the morning, everything else changes. In fact, even the expectations that you're going to share with your kids are going to change when you realign yourself with God's word, his will for your life, his will for your kids' lives. You're reminded, praise God, he reminds us of the things that are most important. And then our expectations and the way that we actually share them with our kids is changed. And so remember what I said a few minutes ago, these are not in any particular order of importance. These are all important things, but I would say that the prayer and the Bible are like the two non-negotiable things that need to happen on a daily basis in order for your day to start out right. And we have different situations. Some husbands uh, leave super early and some husbands are there late enough in the morning where this can happen, where they can read the Bible. And I think that's wonderful. If that's possible, have it that way. Um, If the husbands are gone, they can always read the Bible in the afternoon. They catch the end of the day reading the Bible to the kids and mom leads reading the Bible Mm -hmm. in the morning. And so, uh, and then just a reminder, I think you all know this, but you ladies are leaders Mm -hmm. and you're influencers and you are every bit as qualified to teach the Bible. I think you already know that. I just wanted to confirm that again in your mind Mm -hmm. and uh, that uh, pull out the Bible in the day too. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's just great for teaching. In fact, right here in Psalm 51 10, um, it says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And I'm going to continue a little bit. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Um, we get the Holy Spirit when we accept the Lord. I don't think it gets uh, permanently taken away from us, but I think it, there's an ebb and flow of the Spirit in our lives, and that's what it's talking about here, which is we when we start to draw away from God, the Holy Spirit uh, isn't as active in our lives, and we want it to be active. We need that to yeah. have patience. It's us walking away. God's always there. It's yeah. us walking away. It's our sin potentially creating a barrier between us and God and not being able to hear him experience his presence. Yeah. He's still always there. Um, and I I, th- I love this. You picked this verse, and I love this verse in regards to an everyday meditation, right? Yeah. The, the Bible tells us to Renew. meditate on God's word, on his law, day and night. Um, over and over again, that word meditate is in the Bible. And I love that it says, create me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. How are our minds renewed? Romans 12 says that we get our renewed mind by reading the word. I think everybody needs this, but especially parents. 
Yeah. Especially we need parents. a renewed mind every single morning. I mean, we need it even in the afternoon too, right? And so this is this is actually a good verse. If you, if you moms like to write down verses, put them on post-it notes, maybe stick them in special spots around your house. This would be a good one for like your bathroom mirror for in the morning when you're getting ready. Or um, if you want to have it in the downstairs near the kitchen, stick it on the fridge because you yeah. need it in the afternoon. Create me a clean heart, oh God. Because sometimes, sometimes when our kids sin, or struggling with something, we we can become discouraged. We can become frustrated. We can become, I mean, some parents even struggle with becoming angry. I know I struggled with that a lot um, when I was a young hmm. younger mom. A lot less now, but that doesn't mean I'm like immune to it. There yeah. are times when I have to have my heart checked and I have to pray this. I have to say, Lord, I'm, what's going on with me? You know? Yeah. And so we need to be aware of that temptation to sin. Yeah. And be humble about it and be constantly being renewed. So there's other things like um, getting, you mentioned this briefly, but getting chores done, but also making sure the environment, our rooms are clean, things are dialed in. Uh, to so, starting your day so right, yes. effectively. I think that a lot of people underestimate the power of, um, it doesn't have to be like a perfect room, but just having a clean room or a clean environment. I, let's just talk about environment for a second because some of your kids, maybe they do schoolwork in the kitchen. Maybe they yeah. do schoolwork in a schoolroom. Maybe they do schoolwork at a desk in their bedroom. Mm -hmm. um, who knows, right? People do school when they're doing school at home or homeschooling. Yeah. They do it all over the house, right? Den. And I I talked a little bit about this in my Healthy Homes work um, workshop that's free about the importance mm -hmm. of like even just atmosphere and having plants. There's actually been studies that show that kids can do better on testing by like up to 30% if there's more than three plants in the room that they're when they're taking the test. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Yeah, it is. And so, wow. um, I mean, aside from the scientific facts that we know that plants can help clean the air with the oxygen and different things like that. I mean, there's a lot of really good things about that, right? And so, um, one of the things that we just have like a kind of, it's kind of like a little checklist. Each person kind of knows what they need to do in the morning to start their day right. We have different bedrooms with different kinds of kids in them, right? So we have like the boys right now that are high school boys, right? Mm -hmm. Drew's going to be in high school, right? Austin's actually graduating high school. They share a room. Um, yeah. And they share a room. And so they know in the morning they like open their window. They get a diffuser going. They turn on the fan because they like to have that fan because it gets kind of hot in their room. Mm -hmm. They make their beds. They're, they're, they, they have their own routine that it's they for them. It's always clean in their room. It is always it. clean in their room. But they have like there are things that they do every day, yeah. right? And they're also, it's the same for getting ready. They both shower in the morning. They, you know, they have like their things that they do and they're on it. Yeah. And they have really productive days, yeah. right? And then, you know, the girls have different things, right? Because girls take, they have different steps in getting ready for the day, whether they're putting makeup on Our or two whatever teenage it is. Girls right? Together. right. Well, and one of them's almost 20. So, yeah, exactly. Not quite a teenager anymore. And, and she has her own, like, she has really early morning classes right now, yeah. right? Because her college is on the East Coast. And so th they have their own routines, is my, is my point. But talking to them and making sure that they are aware of how important it is that they have a good start to their day that's going to actually impact their productivity for the rest of the day is a really important thing that you can even be teaching preschoolers and so like with Solomon he's four yeah. and I've been making his bed with him because he can't really do his and bed and there's four boys himself. in that 
Right, the there's four boys. boys in that room. Yeah. Yep, and so like both Eli and Solomon, for example, they get dressed. They know to put their clothes in the laundry basket. Mm-hmm. That's part of doing their morning. And it's literally like it takes the same effort to throw your clothes on the floor as it does to put it in the and laundry Eli's basket. And Eli's not even two yet, and he's learning that. Yeah, he's 20 months old. And so like Eli knows to throw the diaper away in the garbage can, mm-hmm. right? And so, and he loves it, and he high fives afterwards every it's time. It's a responsibility. He says, garbage, and kid, he high fives. You've heard us say this. Kids rise to the level of responsibility. Yeah. And so it's the same thing. Like if they can put their clothes in the laundry basket, then they can put toys away. Mm -hmm. Right. Like there's just all these different little things that is important that we all realize. So, of course, there's like also in addition to just starting your day. Right. We have like family chores. Right. So we have crews that are on dishes and for them, they want to get it done by a certain time in the day so that they don't they're done for the day as far as their chores. Um, Nutrition, making sure that you eat. That's the final point that we have in this little section under starting your day. Right. It is important. It is imperative that we are trying to model for our kids and also teach our kids to eat well in the morning to have a good breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, some of our older kids, they do even like intermittent fasting sometimes. But, they're yeah. pur- but the point is, is they're purposeful in that. They know about that. They have a Drink schedule. Drink in lots of water. Take your vitamins. All the things. All the yeah. Um, and so like for us, part of our daily starting, our daily routine is obviously taking vitamins. Mom lines up stuff and gives the little kids theirs. The older kids have a list in the cupboard. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have older kids that can read and you can trust them with vitamins because you know let's just face it we don't want our kids ODing on vitamins mm-hmm. right they can actually take yeah. too much vitamin c or different things yeah. like that um make a list and just print it out and put it in your cupboard that teaches them maybe even put their name with a little list of what they're supposed to take every day teach them do it with them for a few months every day and then you might be able to say okay you do this part by yourself here's the thing if if whatever you want repeated after you they need to be actually doing. What you don't you want to be the, when they move out, right? Yeah. So you don't want to be yeah. the helicopter parent that does certain things for them the whole time they're with you, and then when they leave, they don't do it anymore. They don't know how. A good example of that is like uh, with Kelsey. She's our oldest, and so she will probably be, you know, launching the soonest. She's went to college a couple of years ago and um, has a few years left. Um, but she grew up in the herb garden, and she grew up with mom using homopathy and teaching her that Mm -hmm. she grew up with oils. She knows how to use oils. So she does the oil business with me too. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and just seeing her like she's fully sufficient. She fully knows what to take when she can treat herself. Sometimes she asks me still, and goes, hey, this just happened, or I'm experiencing this, what do you think? Mm -hmm. But then she goes and does it, right? And so I know for a fact that when she's a mom, she is ready to go. She is trained and knows how to use those things. And can I just say that we should have a peace of mind about many different habits, many spiritual disciplines. It's the same for doing Bible time. Like if you're doing it on a regular basis, you can anticipate that your kids are most likely going to be reading their Bible on a daily basis if they grew up doing that habit. So, hey, we we spent a good 20 minutes on this one point, but I think it is worthy of it because there's so much good stuff. We have three more points that are going to go more quickly, uh, but are also very, very important important. Uh, real quick though, um, let's hear from people that have gone through the six week self-paced parenting mentor program. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings 
and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. Okay, so let's dive into number six, which is celebrate milestones. You guys, this is the fun aspect (laughs) of helping your kids, accelerating learning, helping them. um, This is what part of like a love for learning is actually attached to this. We talked about that in the previous podcast um, that was part one of this episode series. But when we talk about celebrating milestones, we're actually talking about both short-term and long-term milestones or short-term and long-term objectives that you might have for their education, for their character development, for their spiritual growth, for the friendship growth. Like think about all the things. Even financial, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes you're like, you guys know Isaac and I probably well enough to know that, like, our first podcast were all about family vision, family culture, yeah. setting um, goals, teaching your kids yeah, how to do that. Yeah, we put all that. our favorite topics first. We did. So you should go listen to some of those in season one. Um, but I will say that having those objectives, we call them objectives in our family, not goals. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we rebel well, against pe- goals. Well, but. people have a bad association with goals in their personal identity. They set them and don't achieve them. And then pretty soon they don't believe they're ever going to achieve them when they set them subconsciously. Can you guys tell that Isaac did a lot of coaching for a long time? <laughs> so I don't like the, the word goal, world. even though it is a good word. It means yeah. something good. But our culture has developed bad habits with the word. Um, so we call it objectives. And sometimes we do put a time frame. Yeah. On when we're going to achieve those, we do with our kids. Um, but celebrating their short-term and long-term objectives and celebrating the – I think it's important that homeschool moms and dads also celebrate their long-term and short-term objectives that they personally have with their kids, mm-hmm. with their each of their kids, because you got to be able to recognize and go, we did that. Yeah. Or it worked. Mm-hmm. Or, wow, look at the fruit in that kid now. you got to – sometimes you have to remember where you came from. Yeah. So that you can celebrate the growth. Otherwise, just the everyday mundane can be so, it can actually be discouraging. Well, you're managing human mo- motivation. And a lot of times you haven't maybe really thought about that. Wow, my job is not just to teach. I wish it, it, my teachers, when I was younger, understand managing motivation. Because a lot of times I witness teachers just only caring about curriculum. Oh, man. And when you only care about curriculum, you're not caring about the student and how they best learn and how to engage them and how to make it interesting and fun. And this is a practice over time of learning and getting better at, but you're managing the motivation of your children and they all get motivated differently. And you'll learn that as you're trying and doing things. But what is true about all people is they need short-term objectives that lead into long-term objectives. 
And if you do both of those well, it's good. So why don't you give some examples of short term? Okay, can I just say something, you guys? I'm a little bit in awe right now. This happens so frequently in our marriage over the last 20 years where Isaac will pull out this like short little phrase. It's kind of like when he says, oh, Tolpins, we're eagles versus seagulls or producers versus consumers. He just made up a new phrase that I've never read about anywhere. I've never heard that concept. And it's revolutionary. Like we literally should do a whole podcast on managing human motivation Mm. and the human behavior behind that. Because there is a lot of power in that. And it's not just for your kids. It's also for yourself because homeschool moms struggle with motivation to keep going. And so we actually have to manage our own human motivation and we need our husbands to help us. We'll do an episode on that. That'll be fun. But give some examples of short and long term. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm like wowed by that that concept. Okay. Short-term milestone examples could be things like today he learned the long sound and the short sound of the A vowel, right? For a four-year-old or five-year-old, right? A short-term milestone for maybe a eight-year-old could be you learned how to jump rope today, Mm. right? Like maybe they'd been practicing for a long time or maybe a kid has been trying to ride their bike, Mm -hmm. right? Without training wheels, and then all of a sudden that glorious day happens where it happens. Yeah. And they're riding their bike without training wheels. That's a big deal. Or maybe maybe a kid, here. here's another short-term example. I mean, I guess riding your bike could be long-term or short-term depending on how long it takes a kid, right? Um, the point is you celebrate those things. You celebrate when the kid learns how to read, mm-hmm. right? You sell, Here's a long-term objective. You celebrate when they finish a workbook, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're doing a handwriting workbook or, or they're doing a math program and they finish that grade level, that would be in my book, a long-term objective. Mm-hmm. Um, another short-term object- objective could be um, maybe reading a short book. If they have a long chapter book and it's their first chapter book, that could be a long-term objective. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say celebrate them, I don't mean like host a, whole, a party for, oh, they finished their first chapter book, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But instead, having those positive affirmations, pointing those out at dinner time in front of the other siblings, in front of dad and praising that them and being huge. like, hey, buddy, you worked so hard on this and you did a really good job, right? Like, that's a big deal. Or like... We do this naturally when our baby learns how to crawl. Mm -hmm. We do this naturally when they lose their first, when they get their first tooth or when they lose their first tooth. Mm -hmm. Um, There, there are so many little milestones. I feel like moms and dads pay so much attention, especially those first two kids on all of the first milestones that happen under age three. But then as they get older, especially if they go into the education system, you're not necessarily there for when they are learning how to, when they learn how to read, actually, you may not be there when they figure out addition right? or what, like if they figure out addition or they figure out division, those are short term objectives. Finishing grade three math is a long-term objective. There you go. And so that that's a good like analogy right there that's super simple. Um, but celebrating milestones is more than just academic stuff when you're, you know, wanting to accelerate learning because we want our kids to learn in more than just academics. Mm-hmm. We want them to be growing in character and in spiritual growth. And so pointing out those things that we're noticing in Huge. our kids is so important because what is the most important thing that we could anchor in them? Yeah. Faith. That's right. Spiritual growth, right? And so when we notice things like, you may be thinking, okay, give me some examples, right? Well, the projects is another one. And last night, I know you just did a wonderful job Mm -hmm. talking with one of our kids about 
uh, it was almost prophetic about um, his future and something that aligns with his personality that he could do and do well that you think he would like. And he just lit up. It's literally starting this morning. He announced it's part of his plan. <laughs> which is to eventually remodel and flip houses and, yeah. and do that. He's 11. So he's 11. Yeah. He'll be 12 this summer. And he, you guys, this is our fifth child. Yeah. And uh, Luke's, Luke, of course, every kid is just so different. And so this is why it's so important to really know each of your kids because you can't call these things out in them unless you yeah. know them, right? And you know how they tick and how their brain works yep. and what they're really naturally good at and what you think would make them excited about life, yeah. living on purpose, right? Um, and for him, he loves cooking. Yeah. He's always he's always been in the kitchen with me. We've called him mustard so that's, man. So that's stage one. He's going to have a food truck. That was already part of the plan. He wants a food truck. But, yes. but that we'll now see. that seems to be something to where he's going to learn how to do business and be responsible. So he can invest, and save he can money, take that money to invest. And then buy his yeah. first property that he flips. So right. that's now it's an expanded vision. Yeah. And part of that, we didn't just say, oh, I could see you flipping properties. It was like, no, actually, like it went deeper. You guys, this is what's important about the conversation. Because you could suggest, hey, you'd be good at flipping houses to a yeah. kid. And they'd probably go, whatever. Yeah. Right. But if you go, how you're wired, you are so good at being frugal. Yeah. And I can see you not paying a penny more than a property is worth and then remodeling it and making it literally pristine because you, you care he about does, detail. He, do, he cares about detail and he's good at picking things out and he's good at cleaning and he's really yeah. proficient and, and making fast sure other people do things well, well and not cutting corners. Yeah. Right. And so he could have integrity in flipping a home and making tons of money on it. And then I'm like, but you also, you like numbers. Like yeah. you like the bottom line He'll and you like the, money the profit makes, yeah. and the, you know, and anyway, so just having do, that conversation, of it. do you see how that was a different, more in-depth pointing out things in his personality, things in his past, things in his reputation that point me towards thinking I could totally see you flipping houses versus just throwing out, Hey, you should flip houses. Now, what does this have to do with this? Well, now is he going to be even more motivated to do a school if now Angie can tie that into his dream? Right. And I'm like, oh, dude, you got to know this math. Or, you know, and he is, he's super driven with math. I yeah. mean, he is the first thing that he gets Here's done every day apply. out of his Here's how you can apply this yeah. in your future. There was nothing more frustrating than learning things that I had no understanding of how to apply. But You're like, I, why am I but learning when I, this? But when I knew that they were going to be applicable to my future, then was, you were excited about it. I was very excited it, right? and motivated. Which accelerates learning because you there's there's two ways kids can learn, right? There's yeah. the way where they're being forced to have to learn something and you're dragging them along. And then there's the way where they're actually choosing and excited about and running towards learning and they're doing, 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 doing. And the second one, the latter one, is what you want. It's an independent learner. It's because you guys if someone enjoys it and they're passionate about it, they're going to get it done way faster. That is accelerated learning right there at its foundation. Um, but you mentioned projects, which is another point within point yeah. six. And when we mention projects, I mean like, okay, so for this year, for example, our middle schoolers had mock trial, right? Yeah. Or there's debate or there's the science fair or there's um, writing, reading a 500-page book and then writing a paper on it. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a 15-page research paper. Um, so whatever the project is, whether it's a hands-on building something or a unit study, we need to celebrate those milestones when they get them done. And they're not necessarily something that takes a whole year. Yeah. They're not necessarily something that takes even a semester. It can be like a six-week project or whatever. Yeah. But they need to be celebrated. Um, so let's go into number seven. Yeah. You say seven is don't be boring. That's a really important one. 
And that is, um, you know, I have been boring when I'm teaching the Bible before to the kids. And sometimes mm -hmm. I relapse back into that. Um, and it's a reminder that it's not just the information, it's how we teach it. We need to teach it with energy, with enthusiasm, with thoughtfulness, with purpose, with analogies sometimes, you know, um, that, uh, a word picture to, to bring it home. People learn far more from visualizing pictures. Bringing up past experiences so past they can actually relate to it. Applicable things. And so it takes a little bit, and you might be going, well, I'm just not good at that. And you go... Well, it's something to start getting better at is a better way to look at it because we can all get better at being more engaging when we teach something. You might be thinking of the most engaging teacher, you know, a friend of yours or something like, that. oh, she's so good at that. Oh, that's more mm -hmm. her. Yeah, she may be more gifted naturally in that, but it doesn't mean you can't grow. Let's not do the comparison trap. Instead, let's how can I be the best teacher I can be. And that is actually all that matters. And so you want to recognize when you might be boring and shake it up. Sometimes, you know, you just need to get oxygen in the brains and you might stop teaching and start doing uh, jumping jacks because that'll push oxygen into the brain where there's more oxygen in the brain. Um, they actually are more alert and it might be a nice reset for continuing and teaching something. Mm -hmm. So you can break it up and do those things, but you need to teach with energy and purpose and you need to be very purposeful in what you're teaching. Mm -hmm. So super important. In 1 Corinthians 10 31, it says, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And you know what? God's going to show up when our purpose is right. When we're teaching for his purposes and he knows that he's going to, the spirit's going to impact you and help you and give you revelation in the moment or an, an analogy or a story in the moment that maybe you wouldn't have thought of before. Let's partner with God in being the best teacher we can possibly be. Yeah. I think that another aspect of, um, you were talking about teaching the Bible with enthusiasm. Yeah. And I think that this, um, is actually part of your kids, um, catching the legacy. Yeah. Right. Like if you want to leave a legacy of faith, if you want to leave a legacy where your kids are actually doing the spiritual discipline, doing the spiritual disciplines, but, but it's not to do them. It's not to check something off of a box guys. It's because they see your excitement, your desire to know God more, to read his word because you love him. That's what's contagious. That's what's catching. Yeah. In second Timothy, this is so important. Um, let's see three, uh, 14, we'll start there, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. Well, who taught you and assured you of these things? Well, the parents, knowing from whom you have learned them and that from childhood, you have known the Holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So we don't save our kids, but we are the influencers that teach them the Holy scriptures that uh, make you wise for salvation through faith. So pretty that's incredible. pretty and that incredible known from childhood, from childhood. So and, don't feel like it's in vain. Yeah. And, and then it goes on. I'm just going to add all scripture is given for by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. And so this has got to be a major part, if not the most important part of being teacher and the educational experience mm -hmm. is it's all bathed in the word of God. It's in prayer. 
It's they're seeing a godly teacher in front of them. The Holy Spirit's impacting as they teach. Yeah. But, but, but I think that the aspect of like not being boring while doing it is so important, right? Like when we're, for example, I'm just going to bring up today, we are going through revelations with our kids in the morning Yeah, and, um, you know, by no means do we know everything. Right. But our kids are seeing us. They're witnessing oh, this, us yeah. engage with the scripture. And we're asking questions of and going, what do you think? And what do you yeah. think? And well, this morning I was asked a couple of questions I did not know the answer to. And I said, you know what? I would encourage you to do a word study in the Bible about crown. And so you really understand and bring it back to the morning family meeting and teach us. So I shouldn't, I should, they shouldn't see me as somebody that knows everything because the truth is none of us know everything. And if you're giving that impression to your kids, then they're going to be the know-it-all dad or mom in the future that suffocates learning in their kids. Either that, or they're going to think I can't be a parent because I don't know it all. Right. And so I think that it's paralyzing both ways. But also we don't want our kids to be codependent on us. We want them to be independent learners. And that goes for academics, education, but as well as like we want them to have their own faith and we want them to be seeking God on their own, not dependent upon us doing family Bible time to always right. be in the word, right? And we constantly are reiterating that with our kids over and over again. And I, I just think that there's this element though, of when your kids see you enjoying the word, they they have a different perspective on God's word. Yeah. When they see you in like crying out to God or they see you thinking God in prayer, they Sometimes, have a different perspective. I'll give on you an example. Sometimes I'll read something I go, oh, this is fascinating. Kids, this is really cool. And then I'll read it. And then what does that do to them? It goes, <gasps> pay attention. There's something to pay right. attention to here right. versus just reading it. You know, so just think about that. A couple words in front of things, mm-hmm. a couple uh, stories, examples, how to make things relevant. You'll get better the more you do it. It's a muscle you work and you're going to be surprised how yeah. good you become at this. And oh, good. Well, and I was just going to say too, like even when you're reading, like today we came across a verse where the kids asked a question about God, like it regarding deliverance, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you actually look at the prepositions in the sentence and you go, oh, wait, but it's saying from, not in, mm-hmm. and you teach your kids that practice of paying attention to all of the sentence structure, it literally opens their mind to see things that most people overlook in scripture. And yeah. it can be fun. It can. It can be so fun. And that's the aspect. We want them to know that it's fun so that they have fun, yeah. right? And it's the same thing with education, getting out, doing school on a picnic blanket. do things that are out of ordinary. Like there were a few times when our kids were teenagers where I just randomly would go, okay, you're going to be in charge of this kid today. And you're going to be in charge of this kid for this hour. And I would take one kid and we'd go to a different location and we would sit and we'd do homeschool. We'd do schoolwork in a restaurant at a table with just a couple kids. And then I would switch it up and do it differently with the other kids that week. And they're like thrown off, right? Or they would come to work with me and sit next to me doing schoolwork. All it's kinds just of ways good. There are good ways that you can just make it not boring. So final thing is go their pace. When you are paying attention to when it's too slow or when it's too fast, both, and you're changing the pace to accommodate them, it increases the stimulation of the material. Well, yeah. So 
the aspect here is interesting. So when kids are in an education system, right, like they have to go at the pace of the curriculum mm -hmm. or the classroom, yeah. right, um, or the teacher. So there's like three elements, right? Like either their teacher has been given a schedule of things she has to teach on specific days. And if the kids don't keep up a well yeah. and she keeps going or she's able if she has more freedom, she's able to like actually slow things down and then they will oftentimes go to the person that is struggling the most or to like the average student, right? So then yeah. you've got the kids that are really capturing it bored yeah, and they're not being stimulated. And so th that whole concept of if your kid is behind or your kid is not is ahead or that's the beauty of actually having your kids at home um, is that you get to curate the education to a pace that's going to help them to, one, you're not going to be pushing them yeah. when they're not ready. Like yeah. I've done that. So that is something that you have to be on the lookout for. You Maybe you have expectations that you're impressing upon your kids because like your second or third kid because yeah. your first kid learned how to read at age four. Right. And you're like, why isn't this kid reading? They're seven. And you're freaking out and they can sense your stress mm -hmm. and your disappointment. And that's actually breaking their confidence and hurting their identity. And you don't even realize it. So like we need to realize, okay, comparison trap is actually something that we need to break free from Amen. with comparing kids. Do not compare your kids. And we talk more about that in the homeschooling blueprint, but being able to like go, oh, okay, this is so far ahead of where they are. I'm not going to push them right now. We're going to go at their pace. That's one aspect of going at their pace. Yeah. Another aspect is going, okay, you got it, but we're not going to move on to the next thing. I'm going to make sure you master this before we move on because this is foundational for you being able to get all the other things. Yeah. And so that's actually super important when it comes to reading. It's super important when it comes to math. Yeah. Okay. There are some subjects out there like science where, hey, you can learn botany and you don't have to know chemistry to learn botany. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like there, there are different aspects for different subjects. But the point is you're able to move to where there's mastery. So they're prepared to be able to deal with the next thing that they are going to be required to learn. But then there's the topics that they are interested in and keeping them stimulated, right? Like if your kids do master something and you're like, okay, you've been getting a hundred percent. We are going to skip these last two work pages because this is just monotonous work. This is just, we're just going through the workbook just to go through the workbook. Mm -hmm. And I already know you get it and you're getting bored. So we're going to move on to the next thing. And that's, that's exciting. That's freeing. Yeah. That's freedom in homeschooling. And that's going at their own pace too. Yeah. And that's super, super good. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We hope this was helpful. All resources are CourageousParenting.com. Hit the menu. You can hit podcast. You can also see the new homeschooling blueprint right there. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.